0: Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life, the podcast that explores the transformative power of embracing the mental well-being and its profound impact on all aspects of our life. So I'm your host, Avik, and today we have a remarkable guest joining us. She's a true inspiration and a living testament to the resilience of the human spirit. So please welcome Jennifer Chapman. So, uh,
1: Hi there. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Great. great. So also, I'd like to mention this uh, to all of our listeners that um, Jennifer, uh, a former sales executive uh, with over 16 years of experience, uh, made a courageous leap from the corporate world to the realm of solopreneurship. Her journey began after uh, overcoming multiple traumatic events and embarking on a path of personal growth and the self-discovery with the support of her own coach. So today, Jennifer works passionately with individuals and teams, helping them cultivate self-awareness, resilience, and the self-love, while empowering them to break free from a victim mentality and embrace their inner warrior. So, um, like, just nine months later, uh, at the tender age of 34, she experienced a life-altering stroke and that, like, upended her world so weeks of uh inpatient patient rehabilitation and outpatient therapy followed so during which she also engaged the services of a life coach to process not only the grief of losing her mother but also a part of herself that had been forever changed so today uh, jennifer joins us to share her story her insights and her wisdom on how to retrain our brains after trauma, and most importantly, how to embrace our inner warriors, those fears and resilient versions of your younger selves that may have been temporarily buried or forgotten. So get ready to be inspired and motivated and also empowered as we dive deep into Jennifer's extraordinary journey of personal growth, resilience, and the self-acceptance so join us as we explore the transformative power of rewiring our minds and unlocking the full potential of our inner warriors so welcome to the show jennifer
1: thank you so much that was a very kind introduction i appreciate it
0: thank you so uh so jennifer like before we uh get deeper into this topic like can you take us back to the moment when uh, you decided to embark on your journey of personal growth and embrace your inner warrior.
1: Great first question. I think it was a year or so after my stroke okay. when I had gone through the physical rehab process and went back into corporate sales, thinking I was going to do and feel the same way that I felt before, and that certainly was not the case. And I was seeking, I was seeking answers. I was seeking help. And I didn't know who or where to find that, you know, although I had a great family and friends support system and, and network, I reached out to a life coach and worked with her for about eight months. And that was really a transformative process for me to really tap into start to really process the why behind all of you know, but behind having a stroke at 34 was quite a powerful process.
0: Wow. Understood. So uh, many people struggle with uh, processing and overcoming the trauma. So could you share some of the strategies uh, that helped you retrain your brain and navigate through the healing process?
1: Mm. Another great question, because I think that it's it's going to be different for every single person, depending on where they are at with regards to how far how far back their trauma was and how big it was, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a full spectrum of the word trauma. There's big T trauma, which is, you know, grief and loss and abuse and just tragic accidents and and small T, which is, you know, potentially being bullied or not feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, loved by a parent at a young age. There's in my big T trauma, it's like it's I've healed from it, so it's not as big for me, it's not as alive for me to be able to talk about it with everybody now, where you could have big T trauma 20 years ago, and you haven't quite yet faced it. So it's still going to feel big, and you're still going to feel triggered by it. And it's really the first step in all of this work is, is self awareness, you know, really being aware of, you know, even as an adult, you may think that you're triggered by somebody that's upset you, it's actually not that person they're triggering your your trigger what we call that something inside you that is not healed or resolved yet that's still very alive for you and so the, the first step is always self-awareness and and secondly i would say working with a trained professional that can help support you on a, on a pretty high level to help you walk through that and you have to be willing to to do that you you I tell people you cannot overcome any of this without going through it. You have to walk through the hurt and the pain and the and the tenderness and and it's and the hard. You've got to walk through the hard to get to the mm.
0: yeah definitely that that's true that's true. So uh, self awareness is always the uh, best part definitely. So uh, one thing is also coming to my mind like how did working with a life coach. Uh, Contribute to your journey of self-discovery and the acceptance. So what role does or did they play in helping you embrace your younger self and find uh, your true purpose?
1: I think the first thing when working with a a coach was that she met me where I was. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: she met me without judgment. And she met me without bias, which helps. Um, And she gave me permission. To express my emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, where I was the one when I would sit with her every session, tears would come up. I was very emotionally unstable, I tell people, but I would apologize for it because, especially as women, Mm -hmm. we don't feel comfortable expressing tears, especially in a professional setting or really just out in public. Like, I, you know, I meet women all the time that apologize for tears. Tears are just stress and energy that are leaving the body. They are meant to come up and out. And, and that's what my coach gave me permission to do. And so I did it over and over again. Um, she also, you know, a great coach and what I've learned through my own coaching process and certification and, and working with several now is, you know, asking those powerful questions because all the insight and wisdom is within you. I'm not going to give you an answer. I want to be able for, to help support you tap into your own answers, your own wisdom. There, it's all in there, and it might just be masked right now, right? It might just be covered up by by the hurt and pain that you're feeling. But let's uncover that, you know, let that stuck energy come up and out, and and then that's where you're you're going to start to become and feel more free. And that's what she helped me do.
0: Okay, that's Does that, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That's that's something. So, the, uh, yeah, definitely, it it actually helped you because that person able to understand uh, you, your uh, uh, inner self as well. Definitely. So.
1: Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, truthfully, I I want to share. It wasn't I I don't I didn't fully meet my inner child, mm-hmm. younger self until two years ago. When I was going through my coaching certification, and that was part of the work that's yeah. part of this framework of of healing of true healing and it was it's some of the most, if not the most powerful work I've ever done for me, let alone to now be able to share that with clients and 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 people that are willing and ready to explore the healing process of of meeting your younger self because that's truly that's what it's all about, and that's what i I truly believe your inner warrior is. It's that like okay. younger self that's ready to be willing, you know, willing and ready to be seen and
0: heard. Exactly. Great. So um, also, um, it's a it's a very strong question. So uh, uh, also, losing a loved one can be an incredibly challenging experience. So I know uh, because I have also faced this thing. But how did this sudden loss of your uh, mother impact? your emotional well-being and how did Mm. you eventually find a way to process your grief?
1: That's that is such a powerful question.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: So it'll be 30 years next month that I lost my mom. And so I was 11 years old at the time. So I'm sharing my age with your audience right now. Um, But I was 11 years old when I lost her very suddenly and tragically in our home. And through an allergic reaction that she had and was just never able to to come or back around. So no one no one teaches you how to process grief adult or being a child. And so to be 11, my dad did the best he could with what he had. He was you know, he provided a therapist and I I just wasn't even in a place to understand being in a therapist's office what we were trying to do here. I just wasn't even open to it. We we explored you know, a couple of different churches I remember and trying to tap into a community there. And I wasn't open and ready for that either. So for me, it was it was what I thought at the time, I threw sport, I picked up a tennis racket and weeks later after she passed and played year round for the next seven years. So that's where I really would put a lot of my aggression and frustration and all emotion into that sport good and bad truthfully right i am an extremely competitive person and so that that was beneficial however losing i did not handle very well and unfortunately my family and friends received some of that from me uh truthfully i'm not I, i'm not going to apologize for it because i didn't i didn't know then i thought i was just ad- equipping myself and doing the best i could at the time so tr- really it wasn't until Probably the last two to three years that I've really embraced my own healing journey and spiritual journey that I've been open to receive um, and go through the griefing process and truthfully having a relationship with my mom that I never had before. You know, it's I can feel her presence. I want to know that she's with me every single day. I I think that I wasn't just for a long time in a space to really know what that would feel like, but it's pretty powerful to know that now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a definitely a powerful. Um, so that that is the, that's the reason I mentioned. It. It's a very powerful question. So um, yeah, and um, so your your stroke, so your stroke was also a life changing event. So can you tell us about the physical and the emotional obstacles you faced uh, during your rehabilitation and uh, how you managed to tap into your inner warrior and overcome those challenges
1: yes so i i was i took really good care of myself before this the stroke i was i worked out all the time um physically felt like i was in pretty good shape never ever thought that stroke was a possibility for 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 me and any you know it doesn't it doesn't run in our family it was just never something that what you thought you think is a possibility and that morning that it happened, I was at my home and did not know that's what was happening when it was happening. You know, I just got dizzy and started sweating through my clothes and started to struggle to swallow. And I was like, this is, this doesn't feel right. And, and I think we're trained as human beings to try and push that down and ignore it and think that it's going to go away. And that's what I told myself. Let's, let's just hope that this goes away. I'm going to go to work today and deal with it if it comes back again and my body's like no you're not. You know, time is everything when it comes to, to to a stroke. So I called 911 and got to a nearby hospital very quickly and I think because of my age they they didn't diagnose me with stroke right away. They thought it was vertigo, which is a an extreme, you know, a neuro um diagnosis when it comes to just uh, mm-hmm. over being overwhelmingly dizzy. So, I spent a couple of weeks in in rehab and had to re- relearn how to find my balance again. So walking was a challenge for a while and to learn how to swallow again. And that was a challenge for a long time. And the biggest deficit that I have to this day is my left peripheral vision is, is gone. And so I adapt to loss of vision every single day. And I'm very thankful that physically, if you saw me walking down the street, you would never know that I've had a stroke. Mm. I have multiple deficits that no one can see that I battle with every day. I think I've done a really great job six years later knowing how to adapt to those every day and use them as a strength, you know, and use them as an advantage to, to who I am now. And not, and that's where why I'm so passionate about speaking to groups of people with regards to what victim mentality is, because I could have easily taken the route of woe is me. Why me? This is unfair. And I have see other stroke survivors take on that or people that have gone through hardships take on that, that mentality, whether they're aware of it or not. And, and my message is, it's like we're, we're all survivors up to this very moment in time. Are you, are you willing to see it with a new lens or are you gonna tell, continue to tell yourself, I just wanna go back to the way things were before. I wanna go back to the old version of me. It, is that serving you? And it's like, until you realize it's, it's not, you're going to stay stuck in that and that that victim mindset, which is just it's a trigger word for me, truthfully. And and to be called a stroke victim does not work for me. Um, and people will call me that unintentionally, not knowing that that's not offensive, but just a word that does not land for me. And so that's that's a, tr- a big message that I want to share with people is like watch your words. You know, watch watch not only what you say and and how you say it, because you don't know, you know, a small snippet of what somebody's gone through physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it. But I will tell you, um, the emotional recovery was the most challenging part. The physical, I I think I was able to handle. I know that was part of the question you asked. And I think it was because of this, this, this inner competitiveness that I've always had within me and being an athlete and being, you know, working in corporate sales at a high level, always competitive. That served me well. Emotionally, I was like, this is, this is a whole new level of of something I've never, you know, I don't want to say never experienced because I did as a kid, but as an adult, um, not understanding why I'm crying all the time is really something to wrap my head around.
0: Exactly, exactly true. So, uh, as you mentioned about the victim uh, mentality, so uh, so one of the key aspects of your work is also helping individuals break, break free from their uh, victim mentality. So, um, so what advice would you give to someone who feels trapped? in that mindset and also struggling to embrace their inner world. Mm.
1: Yeah. Like I said, you know, I, I go back to, to self-awareness. That's always number one. You have to be aware of this mindset that you're in and yeah. and really face it head on. Yeah. And I think a powerful tool in the exercise, and although it's it sounds simple, right? Anything that's simple, it's not easy. Yeah. And it takes one day at a time. It may take one conversation at a time. And it, it takes one thought at a time, but it's controlling what you can control. Yeah. So in every situation, every choice you have, ask yourself, what can I control in the situation? On one hand, you can see it as there's not a whole lot I can't control. And on the other hand, there may be more control than you thought that you had over a situation. And again, I couldn't control the fact that I had a stroke. It was controlling how you respond to it. That's your choice. You know, and, and, I want to share with your audience the power of self-talk. Yeah. How do you talk to yourself in the morning, right? How, when you get up, what do you say? Or do you get, do you get up right away when your alarm goes off? Yeah. Or do you continue to hit the snooze button? And not when you do that, you're not even getting good sleep. You're just laying there. So then your mind starts to go. And in that moment, are you letting your mind control you versus you being able to have control of your own mind? So instead of speaking negatively to yourself, like, I can't do this, or I'm not going to do this, or I need to do this, which that's all a lack mindset that Mm -hmm. is not going to serve you. So it's being able to catch it in that moment and flipping it, flipping that conversation, that that thought with yourself saying, I am this, I am good enough. Mm -hmm. I am strong. I love myself. I am safe right now, right? I want to do this today. I get to do this today versus I need to do this, this and this. That's not motivating or going to serve you. So it's really, it all starts with you and your own thoughts and what you start to believe and and really coming back to your truth. What's true here?
0: No, definitely. It's exactly true. So, um, okay. So you you mentioned about the uh, victim mentality. You mentioned about the self-awareness as well. So uh, as a solopreneur, okay, and coach, you now inspire and guide others on their path to self-discovery so can you share a success story of uh maybe one of your client or mm. you can't share the uh, story of your client you can share anything like which uh, you have witnessed so who was able to unleash their uh, inner warrior and transform their life after the trauma
1: mm. I met with a client this week and we were wrapping up our our six months of work together. And I simply asked her, What's your biggest, what's been your biggest takeaway? What's been your, your biggest lesson in this work together? And her answer, so simple yet so powerful, was, I know my purpose now. I know where I'm going. I mean, that to me, I mean, it, it gave me chills. If I can bear witness to simply holding a safe space for someone to do that work, which she was open and willing to to do all of it and for her to be able to take away the clarity that she was looking for on what this next chapter of her life is -hmm. going to look like and what she's possible of and capable of and to know she's she's the only one that's going to hold herself back, but she knows now how to have a relationship with that part of her that's potentially going to try and tell her, no, you can't. And for her to acknowledge that and say, yes, I can, and I'm gonna take this next step to get there. She's done remarkable work. And it was, it was, it was pure magic to witness that.
0: Lovely. That, that that's so lovely. Thank you. Yeah. So how that's do you powerful? <laughs> definitely. It's, it's it's very awful and uh, and also i why i mentioned about like uh, if you can't share the details about the um, about your client because uh, like i have also faced this thing like uh, because we are dealing with the clients and it's very a private thing so uh, we can't share so that's the reason i asked like if you can also share uh, something which you have witnessed uh, apart from your clients so yeah but it, it, it's great like you, you have shared uh, the story of your client so that, that's really great so uh, how do you define the resilience and also mm. how, how can an individual develop this quality within themselves? This is also very important, which I believe. Right?
1: I, I agree with you. Mm. It's looking, this is all an inside out approach, mm. right? I think a lot of people are looking for external um, answers mm. and it's really acknowledging and looking at yourself in your body, in your soul, what is it full of today? What is your soul cup full of today? Is it full of what you want it to be full of? So that way, when that cup pours out, that's what's going to be poured out onto everyone around you.
0: Exactly. And
1: being able to acknowledge, no, it's not. What's my choice today? What am I going to do about it? How do I want to pour in more self-love, self-forgiveness, self-compassion? Self-kindness, it's all it all comes back to self versus looking for it outside of you, which honestly takes more energy. So fill your cup, fill your soul cup little by little. It doesn't even have to take a lot. It's 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 little things each and every day on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. It's going to continue to make sure your cup is full of what you want it to be full of each and every day for you and everyone around you.
0: Okay. So uh... If, if if I ask you, like any specific tools or the practices that have been uh, instrumented in building your own resilience, what you're
1: saying? I there's a couple. Um, never underestimate the power of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that's been a five year practice for me. You know, and when I first started practicing it, I was writing down basic things, you know. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my, my house. I'm grateful for my dog. You know, I'm grateful for my family. And that's fine. The real power in gratitude is really acknowledging the small things that create shifts for you throughout your day. And even more powerful than that is being able to do it when you're having a tough day, a hard day, right? On a great day, you could potentially write down five to 10 things pretty easily that are going really well for you. it's when you're really having a challenging day to be able to still sit and get clear and really acknowledge the power of gratitude. Like acknowledge the power of the breath that you have right now in this moment. Acknowledge the fact that your body was able to get you up out of bed. Acknowledge that if you wanted to drive somewhere that you have the capability and have a vehicle to do so because not everybody's driving somewhere today, right? Not everybody's getting up and going to an office today because they've lost that Freedom, specifically stroke survivors, right? Or or people that have gone through some scary physical challenges in their life have lost these freedoms that majority of humans just take for granted. Not only take for granted, maybe complain while they're doing it versus flipping that way of thinking and saying, I'm grateful I'm able to drive to work today and that I have a job that that pays the bills and pays for food for my family or that I was able to shower on my own today without help. Than assistance, because not everybody's doing that either. Mm-hmm. It's really getting clear and specific and granular on your moments of gratitude throughout the day. So that will help you and entra- retrain your brain to start to find more of those moments throughout the day. Um, I'm, a, I'm also a meditator. Mm-hmm. And the practice of that for me, over, again, over the last five years, is really giving myself that permission to slow all the way down at the very beginning of my day. And to find calmness and, and ground myself throughout the day so that I'm able to potentially handle any situation that comes out my, my way a little bit better and calmer than if I were kind of worked up and not settled and, uh, you know, going a hundred miles an hour, it's, it's that ability to slow down and, and, and be present. So those, those two things are very consistent practice for me.
0: Oh, well, wow. well, wow. that, that, that's, that's great. So, uh, like also also um I would like to understand or would like to get the advice um if if I can share your advice for the listeners who may be currently facing their traumatic uh their traumatic experiences and also struggling to embrace their inner self so uh how can they begin the process of retraining their brains and reconnecting with uh their younger selves when
1: I've so i have my younger self sitting in my office every day a picture of her yeah. so that's a first powerful step is mm-hmm. is for you to find a picture of yourself at and for me it's it's i'm probably six or seven in this picture so it was before you know a traumatic event um it was when it was when life was really really in my eyes perfect an ideal childhood and to look at her no matter what type of day i'm having and to acknowledge how perfect she is and how loved she is yeah. and how beautiful she is you know and that's just a reflection straight back to me that i am her well, so I, ch- I you know that's my invitation for anybody out there is what does it start to feel like When you really look at the, you know, it's one thing to go through a box of pictures and you're flipping through, right? Like when you're six, seven and eight, doing all the things, playing outside, playing sports, going to birthday parties, but really looking at him or her and acknowledging like, you know, just having conversations with them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it sounds crazy or that someone overhears you or questions or judges you for that. That's on them they're judging themselves and they don't even know it. It's just easier for them to point the finger at you and question what you're up to take your power back and know that this is the most healing work you will ever do is to build a relationship with your little seven-year-old self or eight-year-old self. And I will also say to that, my breakthrough moment was healing my 11 year old self, you know, after the trauma and having a conversation with her was, the most powerful coaching session I was ever led through in my life because my seven-year-old self and 11-year-old self look a lot different. But knowing that my seven-year-old self is always within me, always has never left. It, that's complete um, soul filling for me and all that I know that I need truly at the end of it, each and every day.
0: That's lovely. Thank you. So... Um... In your journey, in your journey of personal growth and the transformation, uh, what have you been, or I mean, uh, what have been some of the most uh, lessons or important lessons uh, that you would like to share with our audience?
1: Mm. That you're capable of more than you give yourself credit for.
0: Okay.
1: That you're inherently worthy mm-hmm. of who you are with out tying it to what you do and the roles that you play. I think a lot of humans tie their worth to the roles that they play and what they do, right? Their achievements, their successes, you're inherently worthy no matter what. And it's also a powerful lesson. And it was from a book that I read, um, The Four Agreements, to not take anything personal, good or bad, or, you know, something, let alone something negative. that something somebody tells you, and especially as a coach and a solopreneur, really working on not taking it personal when someone says no to my, you know, my offer or my services, because it has nothing to do with me. It might just have been my program wasn't the right program for them, And that's fine. Had nothing to do with me, though. No. And, and in the book, it's he's like, I don't care if someone tells you you're wonderful. Don't take it personal because you already know that you are. Mm-hmm. Like that, that lands for me. Because of course you love to hear something positive that someone tells you. You know, that you're a great person or you're beautiful or you're so smart or you're so gifted. Whatever that is. It's like all those parts are within you. And you—you're sh- your mission in life is to uncover all of those gifts already within you. And just let them shine and exude out from you. That's it. Wow.
0: No, that's, a, that's a great... Uh... What to say? That's a great life lessons. I would say so. Uh, Thank you. Learn from yes, yes. So the
1: journey never stops. I will tell you yep. that the work never stops. Yes, that too. It's like you're, you you you're not going to you know partner with a coach for three or six months and think that you're done, right? Just like you're not going to go to the gym and and work with a personal trainer for six months and think you're done. Exactly. The physical and mental and emotional, like it the work never stops.
0: True, true, definitely true. Yes. So uh before we wrap up, like what message or words of encouragement would you like to leave for our listeners um as they embark on their own journey of unleashing their inner self, embracing their uh younger selves as well?
1: I would tr- I would try on the idea of of again, putting a picture of your younger self Mm -hmm. somewhere that you can see all the time and start to just pay attention to what what feelings and emotions come up for you and start to have that conversation with them. Because whatever you say to them, it is literally Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: exact thing that you need to hear that day. Um, And also I would say it can look, the mountain in front of you could look really big, right? That emotional mountain, that mental mountain, that physical mountain wherever you're trying to go could look so far away. And if you start, your mind starts going on, well, it's so far, it's so big. It's so high. I'm not even going to start because that just sounds or feels exhausting. Take the next right step. One step at a time, be 1% better than you were yesterday. Just 1%. That's it, right? You're not going to go from one to a hundred. This is not going to be an overnight, no one's an overnight success of who they've become. And that's why I love following so many people around the world that have incredible, courageous stories, right? We see them now, whomever they are, right? Um, These multiple six-figure human beings or celebrities or philanthropists or athletes or or speakers, whomever they are, they didn't get there overnight. Mm -hmm. And the ones that have the most powerful stories and the hardest struggles, they've used those as as their stepping stones and that's what it's all about. It's turning your mess into your message, turning your wounds into wisdom. Your setbacks are your setups. It's all about your shift in
0: perspective, that's it. So, definitely true, yes. Great, so, uh, and that wraps up to another insightful episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. And I want to definitely uh, extend my gratitude to our incredible guest, Jennifer for sharing her story and um uh, wisdom as well on how to unleash the warrior within and retrain our brains after the trauma so mm-hmm. that that's that's great that's great and um also thank you uh, yeah, yeah and thank you too for reminding us that no matter what challenges we face we have the capacity to uh transform our lives and tap into our inner warriors so um, yeah, that's great. And also, I would like to mention uh, for all the listeners that uh, I hope that uh, Jennifer's words have resonated with you and providing the inspiration and the practical uh, insights on your own uh, uh, path towards the healing and the personal growth. So always remember that journey may not always be easy, but by embracing your uh, younger self and retrain Uh, retraining your brain, you can unlock a world of possibilities and uh, live a life of authenticity and the purpose. So if you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Healthy Mind and Healthy Life on your favorite podcast platform. And please leave us a review. So to let us know your thoughts, and definitely we appreciate your support. So join us next time as we continue to explore the topics that promote mental well being mental wellness empower personal growth and guide you towards a healthier and more fulfilling life so until then take care of your mind nurture your inner world and inner warrior uh rather i would say and always remember that a healthy mind truly does lead to a healthy life so thank you so much
1: thank you so much